Welcome in to the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash, my co-host, the site expert at NolanWrighton.com on the fan-sided <laughs> network. Kenneth and I are sitting here on this Saturday afternoon, taking it all in, uh, you know, living the high life, because two nights ago we actually got our first uh, together we got our first win, our first dub in Call of Duty Warzone after about a month and a half of trying yeah. every, at least every other night. We'd usually play. The you grind know, pays off. Yeah, hey, that, it's it is proof, living proof. We are living proof that hard work does in fact pay off. So we're we're still feeling good. Last night we got a little too little too cocky, and we thought we were you know hot stuff, and it didn't end very well. But regardless, we still got the one win on our record. And that's all that matters. Um, happy Saturday. So if they want to wrap this quarantine thing up, we're good. Yeah, we, we've accomplished all we Please, need. Please, yeah, we don't we don't need to play anymore. We've got our win. We're we're fine. We don't we can go back to working tomorrow. Uh, well, tomorrow's Sunday because today is Saturday. In case you have forgotten, uh, because sometimes Kenneth and I do. I actually forgot two times this week, Kenneth, what day it was. Um, well, you already mentioned it twice in the show. I exactly. So see, but at least I got it right both times. Uh, happy Sunday to all of our listeners, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Happy, happy Sunday? Exactly. See? Thank you for catching that on your toes. Uh, gosh. Just, Josh is blowing just this intro. Put me, just <laughs> put me out of my misery right <laughs> now. And a half happy in, Saturday. And he's established happy what day it is, kind of. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're, we're, we're in the weekend. That's what matters. Happy Saturday to all of our listeners, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Uh, hope you're all continuing to do well, continuing to stay safe and stay healthy, following the CDC guidelines, doing your part to flatten the curve on the COVID-19 pandemic. I, I know Kenneth, you know, Kenneth and I are doing our best of basically staying at home willingly. I mean, it's not like we're, we don't have really anywhere to go. I might be getting a dog here, Kenneth. Uh, we might be getting a dog to add. So, you know, maybe next week during episodes, you might be hearing barking uh and then shh, shh, shh. but i'm sure your neighbors will love that oh my neighbors are gonna just they they love me right now they bring me like free desserts sometimes leftover desserts but not anymore um regardless hope you're all doing well hope you're continuing to stay safe and healthy we got a good show today we're actually going to talk a little bit of hockey for once and not just hockey that has already happened 21 years ago we will talk about more a little bit more about the stars 99 cup run obviously one of the best moments in franchise history we're going to talk about the wrapping the series up with the blues and getting ready for the colorado series that'll be airing next week or actually starting tomorrow night on fox sports southwest we're also going to talk about our nhl 20 player updates uh get you through the preseason as kenneth and i gear up for our second years in the NHL, and I do mean NHL. A little bit of breaking news. There's breaking news breaking on Kinnison. If you can guess, we're going to leave it hanging for the next 20 minutes or so. You're going to have to wait to find out. But there's big, a blockbuster move uh, is all we're going to say. But Kenneth... Well, yeah, you just gave it away. Shh, they don't know By everything yet. By calling it yet. a blockbuster but move. Shh, they don't know everything yet. You could have retired. They don't know. Yeah, so, see, that's exactly what yeah, I Yeah, it might have been. It may just be me giving updates now. But before we get all to that, or before we get to all of that, we've got some actual hockey, updated hockey news to talk about for a minute. So if you didn't already yeah. see, yesterday uh, Boston Bruins released an announcement, a press release, that they had re-signed Yaroslav Halak to a one-year uh, extension. So Halak's contract was ending this summer. This July 1st, they signed him to a one-year extension worth $2.25 million with 
1.25 million in bonuses attached. That is if he plays 10 games, which you assume that's an obvious one. He's going to play 10 games. Yeah. He's played 31 yeah, this that's year. Prob- yeah, that, that bonus structure is obviously to limit the cap hit yeah. and also uh, to prevent if he were to go down with a significant injury early on in the season – they're not on the hook for paying him another $1.25 million. Exactly. So so the Bruins kind of close up against the cap. I think uh, Cap Friendly had their estimated final cap hit, you know, near $1,000 or something like that, or 800 bucks. Yeah. So not a ton of cap space to work with at the moment, but obviously with all, all that's going on in the world right now, we don't know what the cap situation is going to look like over the next few months, if it'll rise, if it'll fall, if players are going to get paid for the final quarter of the season, uh, if we ever play the final quarter of the season. So... Regardless of that, we wanted to talk a few minutes about Yaroslav Halak's new deal and how it might affect Anton Hudobin. So, we've got Anton Hudobin, obviously one of the notable unrestricted free agents coming up this summer on the Dallas Stars roster. Notable simply because at the time of the pause, Kenneth, he was the leading save, he had the top save percentage in the NHL among qualifying goaltenders at 930 overall. So 930 overall, he's also got a 222 goals against average in 30 games played. And Kenneth, he was very much a 1A, 1B goaltender throughout this entire year with Ben Bishop. Yeah, and I think this is, this is I mean, if you talk about 1A, 1B, this is probably 1A, 1B top two topics, I guess, Stars fans are, are wondering about for this offseason, right? Yeah. Uh, alongside, alongside coaching plans. Uh, moving forward regarding Rick Bonus or or maybe an outside candidate, but I think I mean even honestly I think this one may be taking a little bit more uh, significance with Star Fans just because it's a, probably a little bit more tangible, right? Uh, we see the impact of the players. We feel like we see the impact of the players more than we do the coaches, even though the coaching staff obviously plays a fundamental role. We're not seeing them actually out there on the ice handling the puck, right? Um, so yeah, with Hudobin, obviously, uh, you know the, the question becomes how much of this this Halak deal is a, is a benchmark for what uh, Hudobin's going to get or, or can get or how much he's going to ask for this offseason. Obviously, from a Stars fan perspective, uh, I would think the vast majority of fans would like to see him back uh, in Victory Green next year because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he is he is part of what I can confidently say is one of, if not the best goaltending tandem in the NHL and I, I think Stars fans recognize the value in that um, you know Ben Bishop is is obviously I mean if you want to give one one a Ben Bishop is one a probably sheerly just off of uh, just off of how much he's getting paid and right. and he has been Bishop and and you know yeah the, the playoff run last year he had was spectacular but I, I think I think people the fans recognize how impactful uh, Hudobin's been I mean he's single-handedly it seems like one Dallas games this year, so so the the question becomes how much of this lock deal is a benchmark for for Hudobin next year or this offseason? Absolutely, absolutely, and obviously you think the right off the bat, the Stars want to resign Hudobin. I mean, you you there doesn't seem to be a, a logical scenario in mind where they wouldn't resign him unless, of course, he's charging more than they can offer him. Um, because yeah. you look at the Stars' goaltending situation right now, you've got Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin. Both 33-year-old goaltenders, uh, both, you know, Ben Bishop still has, I guess it's now, after this season, will be three more years on his deal with the team. Uh, Meanwhile, Hudobin becoming a free agent this year. And then you look down the pipeline, Jake Ottinger finishing up his first full season in the AHL, or most of his first full season in the AHL. And Kenneth, he, he definitely 
has the makings of the star's goalie of the future, but it almost seems like it would be prudent, it would be a smart idea if they could get Hudobin for another year, maybe even two, and give Ottinger a little more time to marinate down in the AHL before he's ready to take on a full-time NHL role and be the successor. Yeah, Ottinger's only 21, so there's there's no rush in getting him to the NHL at this point. To, I mean, honestly, there's, there's, there's not. I'm sure he wants to be there, and I'm sure Dallas would love to have him there as soon as they can, but if he needs another year or, say, two years, the, the, I don't think there's a hindrance to that. It's yeah. not like he's wasting away in the, NA, the AHL. Yeah. He's 21. He still has plenty of room to grow. And, and so for the Stars, I think I think when you look at this this window of opportunity they have regarding Stanley Cup, these next this year and next year and in the following year, I think are crucial. After these this little three year window, I think I don't think the window's closed, but it's 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 changing. Yeah, uh, they're gonna have to kind of. It's going to be a younger looking team as opposed to right now. It's a pretty veteran heavy team. Um, so I think that's that's key, and I think that's why you'd be more inclined to try to bring in, uh, bring back somebody like Hudobin, who you know is proven. You know, if he needs to be, let's be honest, if you're in the playoffs next year. Would you rather and Ben Bishop goes down? Would you rather have Anton Hudobin or Jake Ottinger? You'd rather have Anton Hudobin. Absolutely, that's just, yeah. And that's just kind of the, that's just kind of the, the matter of the fact yeah. there. So I think I think the Stars want to bring him back. I think one thing that plays in their favor. I think some fans will probably try to turn and maybe use the the Matt Zuccarello saga last offseason as a you know a negative because that was an impactful player that the Stars would have liked to bring back. Yes. He, he played a role, but. You're not concerned with the terms, with the the length of the terms with Hudobin, like you were Zuccarello, which that that played a big role. Obviously, it's for less money too. So, and you've got Hudobin's got a, a more of a connection with the city than Zuccarello, who was there for only half a season. So, I think I think that that would be one. That would be the that's to me that's the most impactful player of recent memory that's left in free agency because we saw the impact on the ice. But it's a very different situation, and I think it's a much easier. Uh, much easier deal to get done with Udobin because I think I think everything's playing in your favor except for potentially money, which is actually you know obviously the the big question. Exactly, and we we've got plenty more to dive into on the Anton Kudobin front uh, and how the Halak contract could compare, could be a benchmark of sorts for the offseason negotiation with him. We'll get to that in just a moment, but Kenneth, right now I've got to say. I'm kind of hungry. It's 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 3:45. Yeah. Like it's that mid that late past lunch, early dinner phase where I could really use some food. Well, you're in luck. I am. Right? Cuz I know you I know you're waiting for you going, do I want to eat now? Do I go pick something up? I don't really want to cook something. It's 3:45. What if I told you you don't have to cook? You don't have to leave the house. You can get food delivered cuz I know you love food. I love food. I love food. I and love that's food. why I love using Postmates. Uh, I love Postmates even more right now, though. We've talked about this this, this week a ton. Uh, but with Postmates, you, I can get food delivered. I never have to leave the house. I don't even have to open the door. Uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now, they've started their non-contact delivery. So now you can order from local restaurants, and you can get everything left right outside your door uh, without you know without having to come in contact with the, with the Postmate, the person delivering the food. They also have Postmates pickup. Uh, I've been using that to order takeout from uh, some local restaurants. 
Uh, and, and this is a perfect time to be supporting those neighborhood spots. We, we want to support local businesses uh, in this time. And, and what better way than to order local and, and get it delivered by Postmates. You don't just have to order food either, not just burgers or sushi. Uh, you can get food, uh, stuff delivered from Walgreens, 7-Eleven. Postmates will pick it up and leave it right outside your door. Uh, all you got to do is download the Postmates app on iOS or Android. Find your favorite restaurants, stores, whatever. Get anything you want delivered Within the hour, Josh. So you can get this food. You can order now. And it'll be here. We finish this podcast. Boom. It'll be here. Food's waiting outside for oh. you. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and even better, for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Start your free deliveries. Download the app. Use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit on your first seven days uh, when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Post made, made it. it. Look at that. I got the I got the tagline. We're good. I may have to use this uh I may have to use these next few seconds to go ahead and order one while we're while we're taking our, our short intermission here. But coming up, we've got plenty more to talk about with Anton Hudobin and the potential offseason negotiations of a new contract, comparing it to Yaroslav Halak, all the all that goes into a storyline like that. We've got more of that just around the corner. Back here, Locked on Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com. Joined by Kenneth Nash, the site expert at We are the one of the newest members of the Dub Club in Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, I'm going to parade that around. I, car- I carried Josh. Yeah, yeah carry okay. Josh. Carried is a very strong Josh died word. really late, and I had to, I had to carry Carried him. is a very the strong victory. word. There were five people left. And I got shot coming out of a building. Meanwhile, Kenneth's hiding behind a car. And I'm not going to complain because you, you won. You, you did it. <laughs> well, we were right next to each other. This guy's shooting RPGs into this building I'm in. So I, le- I walk out and get behind a car. Josh walks out and gets shot. I walked out That's and I was like, fault. well, I didn't get the same luck as Kenneth. But regardless, we're not here to talk about wars. And we're here to talk a little bit more about Anton Hudobin. Uh, so to preface this, as we already alluded to, Yaroslav Halak signing a one-year contract extension with the Boston Bruins yesterday. Uh, one year worth $2.25 million against the cap. So that is actually 500000 less than Halak is making in his current contract uh, in terms of cap space, in terms of the cap hit. But the extra $1.25 million in signing bonuses for playing at least 10 games, which you assume he's going to do. He's already played 31 of... Boston, I, I don't have it on the top of my head, but whether they've played 68, 69, 70 Six, games. 68 to 70. That's where yeah, most yeah. of the teams were when the pause happened. So he's played about half of the season for the team so far. And he's done pretty good. He's got a 919 save percentage of 239 goals against in 31 games played. Meanwhile, Anton Udobin leading the NHL with a 930 save percentage and a 2.22 goals against average in 30 games played. So, Kenneth, as you look at these two franchises, the Bruins and the Stars, they have very similar situations because they both have veteran goaltenders in the NHL. Halak and or Halak is 34, Hudobin and Bishop are 33. I believe Rask is 33 as well. Um, 
I did not I'll do... I'll look it up. You keep going, I'll look okay, it up. Okay, I did not do my research off the top of my head. 33, he's, he's 33, 33 as well. Yep. So, a bunch of veteran goaltenders, uh, and they also have a strong goalie pipeline in the AHL and in the with their farm system. They've got up-and-comers, and I read a story uh, from a Boston radio station that talked about how this was very much a, a, a good move for the Bruins, but it was an interesting move because they have young guys that are ready to come up, that are ready to challenge for a starting spot. But this more just provides them not only insurance, but it gives them a chance to continue competing for a Stanley Cup with two veteran guys that have been in the playoffs before, that have played these big games. And, you know, Halak has been all around the NHL. He used to play for the St. Louis Blues way back in the day like in that by way back in the day I mean like five years ago six years ago but regardless of the fact they you've got two veteran goaltenders on each team you've got young guys coming up but Halak had said in that article that one of the big reasons he wanted to stay in Boston was because he was comfortable with the room his family really loves the city of Boston and he feels comfortable there. Not only that, but he feels like he can win a championship with that team because they went to the Stanley Cup final last year, lost in seven games, so came as close as you can to winning a Stanley Cup and didn't. But, you know, you feel that you've still got that ability to push the limit to you've still got a few good years left in you, and that goaltending tandem, one of the best uh, up there with Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin as well. And so... How does that affect Anton Hudobin? Because obviously, he seems to really enjoy Dallas. He's a fan favorite. You know, I, I you you never see one fan say anything bad about him on Twitter. My boss yeah. texted me the other day and said, "Hey, who are a, I want your list? Who are a couple fan favorites from the Stars?" I was like, "Anton Hudobin's number one because no one says anything bad about him because he comes in, he does his job, and you can't really critique him because he always gives his best effort and he's always doing yeah. really well." I would I would say I would categorize him being a fan favorite is the fact that he probably is outperforming his contract and I think that's oh, how yeah. a lot of fans relate relate how they feel about players is is they relate what their expected role is right. and what their contract is to their performance and and yes the stars have plenty of guys that outperform but nobody quite has outperformed expectations like Hudobin I don't think when the right. when the stars brought him in initially uh, alongside Bishop. This was kind of not the. I don't think this was the expectation right. that they would form a, a tandem to this caliber. It was more bishops are number one. Hudobin's a solid, a solid two to start. Maybe twenty or thirty games a year. Maybe you know thirty five if he's if he's really playing well. And you know now he's he's got the potential to, to start upwards of forty. Um, and you're you're never uncomfortable with him in net. Um, I think the question about him whether he's going to stay or not is if if money is is not the issue. Um, which I, I think I don't know that it will be uh, because I think uh, I think for his role I think the stars are willing to give him about as much as his role can be expected to be paid. Yeah. The question is going to be, and I, and this is this is this is where the money I think really comes into play is is whether there's a team out there that's willing to make him their primary or their one A or, or whatever right. it is. Is there a team out there that's willing to go? We want you to start forty to fifty games this next season and we're going to pay you, you know, alongside that. Because right. I think that's a range where the stars probably probably have to pull out of that mix. Because let's be I mean, let's be honest, they're paying Bishop a lot. You can't you can't be paying your goaltenders twelve million dollars a year. They, they, Eleven they million have, dollars a year. They have in the past and well they have in the yeah. past, but you look at this financial situation they're in right now. Right. That's probably not the smartest business move. Right? Oh yeah. So I think that's really, I think that's really the biggest factor. Is is there a team that's willing to go out there and say we want you to be our primary, or at least it is a pure 50-50 split 
um, and they're willing to pay him, you know, pay him like like that role. Right. Uh, whereas I th- I think most teams, if they, if they're will, if all things are equal and they want him to be their one B, I think the stars are willing. I think the stars are willing to pay at the top of that one B market yeah. to keep Kudobin there for another year or two. And I think if that's equal, you know, we we see obviously more what the public, you know, the pub. What we see in public is not everything that's going on, yeah, yeah. but Hudobin clearly likes being here. Yes, and so I think I th- I think that's I think that's a that's a tally mark on the star side of things when it comes to the decision. And like Halak said, I mean that that's a selling point. Is if you like the franchise, if you get along with the team, and you know he's really good friends with a lot of his teammates, and he he really has that that vibrant personality in the locker room. He shows that he really wants to be here. He really enjoys playing with this franchise, and he believes that this franchise can win a Stanley Cup. And so, like we've said, you know, we don't really know how. We're not going to speculate too much on how the cap's going to work out, on how his cap space, at least in a new contract, could work out, because we don't know where the cap's going to be next year. Uh, Exactly. Obviously, with how things are going right now. But, you know, you look at last year, and he had played 41 games, but... So he had played half of the games in the regular season, but a large reasoning behind that is because Ben Bishop was injured three separate times in three separate stints throughout the year. This year, Bishop, aside from one game where he was 80% and they had to call up Jake Ottinger, Bishop hadn't been injured, and yet Hudobin has still played 30 of 69. And so yeah. looking pretty, and you, I, I did the math a few weeks ago when I wrote a story on it, seeing if he would finish the year atop the save percentage charts. I, I configured he probably would have played six of the final 13 games. I, I mean, the way it's set up, there were a couple yeah. back-to-backs. There were a couple opponents that he's really good against in the uh, home stretch of the schedule. So he could have easily played 36, maybe even 37 games to end the year. And that's just about half. And Kenneth, like you said, you know, to be doing all of that for $2.5 million a year, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think I think that statement you just made speaks to his value. Is the fact that the Stars are entering their final thirteen games of the year. This is a crucial thirteen yes. game stretch. The Stars are not playing good. Granted, they were now talking a month plus ago. They were not. But the Stars were not. Play, yeah. They were not playing good hockey. They need to win as many of these games as possible because they've got teams hot on their tails and they're trying to try to maybe catch one of these teams in front of them. Yep. It's a long shot, but they've got to. And the fact that you're willing to go and and you can safely bet that Anton Hudobin is going to play six of the final 13, I think speaks to his value because the Stars are comfortable. They're uh, they're not going to just go, you know what, we have to win these games, we're going to play Bishop. Yeah. We have to win. The- no, yeah. we have to win these games. Bishop played last night, Hudobin's playing tonight, and that's, I mean, that's basically two. So I think that just speaks to his value. It's the fact that you're comfortable playing him in half of your final stretch in what is a crucial final stretch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it speaks just it speaks volumes of just how valuable he is, how he is the backup goaltender that the stars have, and the backup is a very loose term in this in this situation. Yeah, I, I like I said, I categorize him as a backup just because of how much Ben Bishop gets paid significantly. Yes, more. and Ben Bishop and that's was why brought I categorize- in to be the starter that leads him to the Stanley Cup final. But yeah. there is very much a 1A, 1B situation here, and he is that, that second, we'll say that second goaltender that the Stars have been searching for since Kari Lettinen and Marty Turco were in the crease together. So it's yeah. over a decade in the making, but they finally seem to have found it, and now it's just a matter of using it to their advantage, which they have, which they did last year in that first big step, and now they we got to see 
if we get a chance to get back in this season and get back into the playoffs, see if they can take that next step. But regardless, that Halak contract should set a pretty good benchmark on where Hudobin might end up. Uh, obviously, he's making $2.5 million right now. You can probably expect that to go up a little, a good, uh, not a ton more, but a little bit more uh, for a 33-year-old goaltender that's having the best season of his career right now. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the writing's on the wall there. But regardless, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that as things play out. Kenneth, it was funny because two summers ago, Yaroslav Halak was an option for the Stars at backup. And they yeah. signed Hudobin from Boston to come to Dallas. Yeah. And then Halak went to uh, Boston. And so it's kind of funny how everything's come full circle here. And now we're talking about these two goaltenders, how they compare, and how these are two of the best goalie tandems in the NHL. But... Coming up, we've got a little a little brief note on the Stars Blues 1999 Western Conference Semifinals Series and previewing the 1999 Western Conference Finals against the Avalanche. And then we also have breaking news. I won't use the other B word, Kenneth. Uh, that, that video rental store that ran underground 10 years ago. We won't use that word. Um, but... Kenneth has big news on his NHL 20, my player. I have some big news as well. Not not as big as Kenneth, but we wrapped up our preseasons getting ready for our sophomore years in the big leagues. We'll talk more about that just around the corner. Back here at the Locked On Stars podcast, I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, along with Kenneth Nash, the site expert at NolanWrighton.com on the Fan Side Network. We are wrapping up this Saturday afternoon episode. See, Kenneth? Saturday. Not Sunday. Saturday. You're three for four today. Hey, on the getting the 75%. Day the that's a passing grade. Uh, so <laughs> we're here on this Saturday afternoon, wrapping this episode up, hoping you're all continuing to stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, talking a little bit about the 1999 Stanley Cup playoffs. So Fox Sports Southwest last two weeks has been airing all of the Dallas Stars wins in the 1999 Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously saw the sweep of Edmonton last week. This week got to see them win games 1, 2, 5, and 6 against the St. Louis Blues. Most recently, games 5 and 6 aired on Thursday night. And Kenneth, you know, watching those two games... The Stars really took control in Game Five. They were on the Blues early. They were really good short, or they were really good on special teams. They had a shorthanded goal and two power play goals. Ended up winning three to one. And then you get to Game Six. They have to fly back to St. Louis, a place that they hadn't won a game in the series yet. They had lost Games Three and Four up in St. Louis. Go back, tie the game up late uh, from Derek Plant to send it to overtime. And then Mike Madonna scores the game-winning goal, his first over playoff overtime game-winning goal, or well, I guess ever, any overtime goal is a game-winning goal, his first playoff OT goal of his career. And, you know, you, he talked about it after, talked about how they were ready to get that series over. They knew they could get a couple extra days off waiting for the next series and that they were determined, ready to roll. And Kenneth, it just alluded again to the fact that we've talked about it plenty. We've, we've beaten this topic into the ground how this was such an all-star, a star-studded lineup uh, in 1999, how this team really just took charge, took control in that St. Louis series in Game 6. And, 
I, the other day I mentioned how there were six there were six players on that team that have since entered the Hockey Hall of Fame, been inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Eddie, Ed Belfour, Mike Madonna, Joe Newendike, Sergei Zubov, Guy Carboneau, and Brett Hull. So six players. And Kenneth, it was it was fun to see that that team really push to the next level and continue surging as if no no challenge was going to be too high, no challenge, no task would be too tall for them. Yeah, we, we talked about that a lot, that they just there was just there's there, there's multiple moments in these first couple of rounds where they had to go well okay there's something special going on here you know we talked about it after i believe it was the second game against boston or sorry not Boston. we've been talking about boston we got boston on the mind uh second game you're against st for, louis you're for uh, one, Kenneth. well just get it i'll get it together okay, good. uh but anyway so the second game against st louis where they uh where they had to uh, basically win in kind of a style that they weren't used to, and that was their sixth win in a row in the in the playoffs. So there was there there had to be multiple benchmarks where they're going, okay, this is this is coming together better than maybe we could have hoped, and 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 obviously a lot of it is factored in by the team that they could put out on the ice every night, which was just I mean it was stacked with stars uh, and future stars and guys who were maybe nearing the end of their stardom but were still. Uh, considered, you know, savvy veterans who can make plays. You know, you had uh, – they really kind of had a great culmination of guys that they had kind of groomed to be uh, cornerstones and then guys they brought in uh, to, to put them over the top. But I think I think when you kind of compare it to this year's – or this, this current Stars team, this current era, that's kind of what the Stars are trying to do uh, now. You, they, they've tried to get these cornerstone pieces in and, and Jamie Benn and – and uh, Tyler Sagan and John Klingberg and Essel and Dell and Miro Haskin and, and then they've tried to bring in the pieces to put them over the top, right? Yeah. Pavelski, yep. Ben Bishop. Yep. So I think that just and, and and in no way am I comparing these guys and saying they're on the level of of the Hall of Famers that were on that '99 team. But I think that's the stra- strategy that they're using. I think it's the strategy that a lot of teams use. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's interesting to see it pay off in the way that it did. And yeah, they're. I mean, they were just they were grinders, and I think that is one thing that they have in common with this current this current team has in common with them is that they're grinders and they, they will do whatever it takes. Uh, no, it doesn't always work out. Obviously, they lost games three and four against St. Louis, but they're always going. It's rare that you're going to see them just not show up for a game, uh, even if they don't show up for the first forty minutes. The last twenty are going to be the most high energy, aggressive twenty minutes of hockey you're ever going to see. And I think that's that's a that's a intrinsic and valuable trait uh, in teams that are that are cup contenders, quote unquote. Yeah, and and like you said, they just didn't they they didn't fold. They didn't want to fold ever. They kept fighting. They kept grinding out games, whether they were ahead, behind, and we've seen a, a lot of these games, a lot of these first eight games that we've seen on Fox Sports Southwest, most of them the Stars have had to come from behind. They've had to conquer an early deficit. They've had to conquer a deficit in the third period. And it, it doesn't seem to phase them in any way. And so it's definitely been fun to watch those first two series. Next two series are coming up on Fox Sports Southwest tomorrow night. Games two and three of the 1999 Western Conference Finals taking on Patrick Waugh and the Colorado Avalanche. Then I believe on Wednesday will be game six and seven. Obviously, this was the first series. The Stars faced elimination, stared down elimination, then going to Colorado, winning game six, coming back home, winning game seven on home ice, then advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals to face the Buffalo Sabres. Fun time to watch this team, this star-studded team, this MVP team. And now, Kenneth, 
now that we've got our our fix of regular hockey or current day hockey we've got our fix of old time hockey now we've got to get our fix of virtual hockey so i know that you have the blockbuster to i use the word but we're here now it's time to go ahead and just let the let the news break i'm going to leave the floor to you and tell them where defenseman Kenneth Nash is now. Yeah, so uh, talk, we got to the preseason. Uh, kind of you run you through that. Uh, I did request a trade at the beginning of the preseason once again, just trying to get out of uh, get out of Pittsburgh. Uh, played the Capitals, lost three two in the in the preseason. Um, nothing. I didn't do anything notable. Between uh, that, after that game, uh, got confirmation that my trade request was accepted. Um, they worded it. They worded it very weird. Oh, I loved. I uh, loved the wording. for a team, for a team that like I didn't think wanted me there at all. It's the the quote from I guess the GM. It is with a heavy heart I okay this request. Yada yada. Um, That's he's so full. I don't understand. Yeah. So uh, request granted, and then I did. I was still with Pittsburgh. Played the Rangers. Lost six to one. Can't say that I was too focused on that game, anyways. And it was a back to back. So I actually we played the Canes the very next game. Uh, Hurricanes uh, beat them two one. I was a plus one. Then I got a notification from them that my chances to make the NHL roster were very unlikely. Um, and so, uh, so that was a very. That was a very on-brand message to get with this time in Pittsburgh. Uh, I had done really nothing wrong. We all played horrible, but once again, I was going to get sent to the AHL. And the people but anyways, my trade request have been. Our listeners are on your side. Yes, yes, as they should they be. They voiced their support. League. Yes. Uh, and though, but right after that, uh, was was notified that I have been traded to the New Jersey Devils for a 2021 second round pick. Uh, so got that move away. Join Jack uh, Hughes. What's interesting. Join Jackie. Join uh, PK Subban. Yeah, well, don't um, say that name on this podcast. <laughs> these, these our listeners uh, may not be too fond of you for that. But uh, with the uh, with the Devils now, uh, who the Devils did make the playoffs last year. I did, I've got to see how far they went. I haven't seen how far they went, but they did make the playoffs last year. Um, uh, our first game though was a preseason game against the Penguins. We beat them three two. I was the second star of the game. Scored two goals. Had two monstrous hits on uh, on uh, was it Malkin? I think it was Malkin. Nice. And uh, was a plus one rating. Uh, then lost to uh, Columbus two to one. I took a couple penalties and that didn't play well. Then a seven zero loss to the Rangers. I was kind of just like. Not caring at that point. I guess the Rangers are good because they beat me twice this preseason, Jeez. six to one and seven nothing. Drum, um, just oh my yeah. gosh. Interesting note. I was a minus four in that game. By the way, <laughs> I was awful. I was not very focused on playing that game. Ugh. I think it was on the phone while I was playing. Uh, but anyways, uh, interesting note. Matthias Janmark plays for the New York Rangers. Didn't know that. Hey. Um, so for all of y'all uh, interested in that, yeah. Um, and then uh, finished up the, I guess finished up the regular season with a win over the Flyers. I made the NHL roster, so I don't know what's with bigger news: the trade or the fact that I did make the NHL roster. Yep. I'm on the second line uh, for the New Jersey Devils, second uh, defensive pairing. Pardon me. And uh, you know, we uh, we're ready to roll. Glad to be out of Pittsburgh. It's fun playing the game again, um, and uh, plan to uh, destroy Pittsburgh every chance I get. Oh, I love I love the little the little note of revenge there right at the end. You're Kenneth's ready to as as he said, you know, cru- couple bone crushing hits against the Penguins in the preseason. Just imagine what he's going to do in the regular season. 
Um, but hey, you're back in the NHL. So happy to hear it. And if you've got a playoff contender, we Kenneth may be on the fast track. He may even get up to the first pairing with P.K. Subban. You never know. Um, that could be... Kenneth, please tell me how that goes. Please tell me when you play the Stars, tell me how that goes. Um... Just Probably not well. I've never played well against. That's not true. I had one good game against the Stars, but their their offense is unbelievable. Oh, you're right, it is. And I think it got more. I wait, think it got more unbelievable. Wait, no, that's that's no, that's not right. What? There, there's no way the Stars can have a good offense. Have you remember in yeah? Remember the, whatever no. Oh, by the way, yeah. I I don't know if I I don't know if I read this stat to y'all. I know I told Josh the Stars last season had they won the Central. They had the third worst. Goals allowed average per game in the NHL. They were they were giving up like three point two goals per game. They were scoring three and a half. Jeez, jeepers! Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if they? Were I can. Doing that right I've now? looked at their line. I've looked at their team. I can tell you why they're not why they're defensively not very good. Um, it's not it's not much of a question why they're defensively not very good. Uh, Stephen Johns is not there. Uh, He's not there in my game Julius, either. Julius Honka is. So. Oh! Uh, ooh, wow. <laughs> Ah, free Honka movement got their wish, um, and apparently it didn't pay off. No, but Ooh. their attack is unbelievable. They've made they've they've signed some. I'll I'll save it because we play in the second game of the regular season, so I'll save it for when we talk about that. But I can tell you that their uh, their 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 offense is pretty they pretty loaded. ridiculous. They loaded up. Yeah. Well, well, if it's any consolation, that that's the 2014-2015 stars right there. Outscore all your defensive problems, and you'll be fine. Um, so, well, it's, I'm happy to hear that you're, you've gone up to Jersey and you're, you're rolling right along and we'll see how that, if, if that turns into something even more fruitful, but we'll see. Uh, so Kenneth now finished with the preseason. I finished the preseason as well with the ducks when I last left you. And when I last left y'all, I was, uh, had said, you know, the GM and coach had told me my spot's secure uh, to go ahead and make friends with the AHL guys and you know mentor them and train them and I'm just a second year so I'm like cool I'm I'm good with this and I was on all first lines for everything first offensive line first power play unit first penalty kill unit I'm in the shootout lineup now and so looking pretty good in the preseason we actually just did okay we went three and four overall first game we lost two nothing to the Coyotes because Cam Talbot who I guess signed in the offseason, had a 48-save shutout for the Coyotes. So we were, you know, we were flooding him with shots, and he was just turning everything aside. Uh, Went up against the Flames, scored the opening goal in the game. I ended up lighting up Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, So, Kenneth, context, I'm not a dirty player. I don't think I am, but... I don't know, because the past few episodes we've been talking about how you laid somebody out or you've gotten in a fight and I don't do any of that anymore. Okay, I'm but okay, if you if you think if you're already on the fence, just get ready. I actually was in 3 fights in the preseason. Now, out of the 7 games I played. Now, one of them was after lighting up Goudreau. It was a clean hit. There was no no penalty assessed except for the 5-minute major because Sean Monahan challenged me. I fought him and won, so that was my first fight win. I also had some great passes and I set up a shorthanded goal. Uh, or I, I set up a shorthanded chance, but we ended up losing four to one. So through the first two games, I had the only goal on the entire team. Then we played the Sharks. I had an I had three assists that night, two for uh, two on Ricard Raquel's goals. And this is the main storyline, Kenneth. I'm in the middle of the game. 
the Sharks are passing the puck around, and it gets to a number 15, a right-handed shooter, number 15, and I look a little closer, and it's Ryan Getzlaff. So he did not retire. Uh, I guess he must have been traded before the draft to them, which is kind of an yeah, odd he, move. He got it. He was intimidated by your point per game. He might have been. Game. Hey, I was a one-point-per-game yeah. player. He was like .96, so he might have been. But he was our leading points getter in the regular season. So it's kind of an iffy move, at least I think so. Buddy is 35, so maybe they're just trying to trade away some older players and, and open up some cap space. So third period rolls around. He gets called for charging me. So I think he was intimidated by me, Kenneth, because he just came out of left field and just rammed me, like sent me into next Tuesday. But I got up. I didn't. I wasn't injured, surprisingly. Got up, went on the power play, and had the assist on the power play goal, which turned out to be the game-winning goal. So I got the last laugh. Then we, yeah, you did. yeah hey, and I'm proud of it. Then we beat the Kings 5-4. to four. I had two assists that night. I was getting really good with my passing in the preseason, Kenneth. Setting up my, setting up my te- line mates, setting up the defensive guys for some bomb shots from the blue line. Things were looking pretty good. Then we beat the Oilers. We had three wins in a row. We beat them 6-3, to three, and I had a goal in that game. Then we lost to the Canucks 4-3. to three. We lost to the Golden Knights 3-1. to one. And actually, I had uh, Stephen Johns is now on the Golden Knights. And... So I was going up against him most of the night. I guess he's on their top D pairing. I ended this preseason with two goals, seven assists, nine points. So I led the team in points, but I was also one of only three players to play all seven games. So it's kind of expected, I guess. But regardless, proud of myself for staying healthy for seven straight games. That's a new record. And on top of that, seven or a plus two rating, averaged 18.50 on the ice per night, had 27 total hits and three fights. Uh, led the team in points and was tied for the most points in the preseason in the NHL with Andrei Svechnikov in Carolina. And now we open the season with a six-game road trip. That's Kenneth, we're going to be on the road for two straight weeks, like not coming home. And so that that's kind of rough. But we're, we've got a six-game road trip to look forward to starting the season in Edmonton against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the Oilers. So should be a fun one. And now I'm, I am now, you know, it's time to deliver. Like I had the pre, I had the rookie year hype for as much as I could with the games I played, the 15 games I played and the five playoff games. But now it's, it's time to deliver, time to pay the piper, time to prove my value in my second full year with the team. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, uh, that's it. I, I, you're making me frustrated because you're out there just dominating, and I'm whatever. Hey, you're whatever. embracing whatever. the grind, and I'm proud of you for that. You are embracing the grind. I, I do say, I've told Josh this, I kind of half wish that I hadn't signed up to be a defenseman. Yep. Um, just because, while, while it's probably a more natural fit, it's not always that fun, and I get blamed for a lot of crap that the uh, like the Fords just like don't do well. Yep. But uh, regardless, whatever. It's everybody has their know. brain farts sometimes. My, Taylor Hall, uh, you know, giving away the puck in for a goal in Game Seven. That was or Adam Henrique rather. Hall gave it away in Game Six. But regardless, we're not going to talk about it. We're looking forward to the future, and it's it's a bright future for both of us, Kenneth. I can see it now. I'm not going to get injured at least for maybe 15 or 20 games this time around. And then you're going to stay in the NHL for the entire year, maybe even ascend to the top pairing by the end of the year. But we'll see how that goes. So With P.K. Subban. 
with P.K. Subban. And, you know, two righties on a blue line, that seems like chaos, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe there's they have some unorthodox ideas that can pay off in the long run. So we'll see, but until we get there, until but the next time we talk to you, we'll have a few regular season games under our belt. But until then, that's about all we've got for this Saturday episode. So, Kenneth, please wrap this one up with a nice bow. Uh, yeah, after you finish listening to this episode, make sure to tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Uh, get all of our national shows content. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Stars. That's our pod's Twitter account. Follow our personal accounts too. I'm at Kenneth underscore Nash 19. Josh is at Josh underscore Clark 02. And uh, what else? Go hit subscribe wherever you're listening and uh, leave us a review too, preferably five stars. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, and also, hey, let us if – you, if you leave a review and you want to leave a comment about, you know, what, what you think we could do better or what you really like us doing, please let us know because we're totally open to critiquing and we want to make this podcast as enjoyable, as informative, and as exciting as possible for you all that you want to tune in every day. So, again, hope you are all staying safe, staying healthy, uh, continuing to practice social distancing, doing all, doing all things possible to help flatten the curve on this COVID-19 pandemic and hope you're all well. Hope you enjoy your weekend. And until next time, what should I say, Kenneth? I need a tagline. We'll talk to you soon. That's usually what you say. Well, yeah, it just doesn't sound right. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. That doesn't really, eh, until next time. Well, no, never mind. We'll talk to you all soon. Have a good weekend. (laughs) 